listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Ty Brown of SixFigureDogBusiness.com. This is the show where we teach you how to start or grow your dog-related business to a healthy six-figure-per-year profit. Now, today on the show, we're going to be speaking with Fred King, who's going to share with us uh, information and tips and secrets that he's learned over his years in business. So you're going to want to stay with us. We've got a great show planned for you today, so we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com This valuable information comes from your pet. There's nothing like a wagging tail or friendly paw to lift your mood. They're therapeutic and make us feel good. Studies show pets even reduce stress, prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and fight depression. So there you have it. Pets are a daily dose of good health and happiness. Pets add life. To learn more, visit petsaddlife.org. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
Okay, and we're back, and uh, with us today, like I mentioned before the break, we've got Fred King. Now, Fred is the owner of Dog Watch. Well, let me welcome to the show, Fred. How's it going? Thank you, Ty. Nice to be here. And uh, you know, I was going to introduce you, but I figured let me have you introduce yourself. Why don't you tell the uh, the listeners at home just a couple quick things about yourself and your company and what you do? Okay, great. Um, well, Dog Watch is uh, in the pet containment business. We have uh, been in business for uh, twenty years. We are the um, uh, second largest uh, company in this business uh, after a brand called Invisible Fan. The uh, becomes somewhat of the generic term for our type product. Uh, and uh, we deal in a uh, in the part of the business where we have dealers around the world who go and um, uh, install and help you train your dog and uh, make your system successful so you can contain your dog at your house. We have contained probably close to four hundred thousand dogs, and uh, so we've we've uh, over the past over the past twenty years. Well, now right off the bat, let me ask you: do you, You've got you mentioned you have dealers all over the world. Do you operate a franchise system, or is it a, a licensing system? How do you guys operate that? Uh, we have dealerships, and what we will do is we'll find people who are um, in different markets uh, who are interested in in pets, in dogs, and uh, have a little bit of business background, also a little bit of dog uh, training background, and they will become a dealer uh, for us. Um, we'll give them an exclusive territory where they can market their uh, market our products. And in all the major markets in this country, um, you know, Salt Lake, for instance, is a very good market for us. And um, then we also sell internationally. Australia is a very big market for us. England, um, Canada. Uh, so it's not it's not a franchise per se. We don't sell a franchise, but we will assign a dealer to represent us in a market. Okay, and so. Uh now, this show obviously is, is for groomers and dog walkers and dog trainers and pet sitters and things like that. But let's say somebody was listening to this show and, and said, wow, that's a great idea. I'd like to do something like that. It sounds like the barrier of entry is a little bit lower th than a franchise system. A franchise is going to cost you twenty, thirty, forty thousand. 40000 What would it cost to get involved in a system like yours? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's much less expensive. It's um, what we try to do is is we want our our dealers to be successful, so we don't put a, um, a high franchise type fee on becoming a dealer. Uh, it would probably cost somebody about fifteen thousand dollars to um, get up and running. By the time they um, bought a, an inventory, they have to buy installation equipment. Uh, they would need a van to transport the installation equipment, um, and then they would have to put together a marketing plan. Okay. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on this show, Fred, is because one thing I know that your company or your dealers, your dealers that are that are doing a great job, and the reason I know this is because, like you mentioned, you've got a dealer out here in Salt Lake in my market that uh, that I've actually teamed up with, and and I refer to them and they refer to me, and it's just a it's a great kind of symbiotic relationship. But like I said, that's one reason I wanted to have you on the show. Is because in the dog business, I know that there's kind of this sense of uh, keeping everything in and not sharing anything. But I know that your dealers have, uh, and I, I'm sure this comes from the top, from yourself, have done a good job in forming partnerships. So I want to take a little bit of time here and talk really quick about forming partnerships. When you are helping someone get set up as a distributor, as a dealer, what kind of training do you give them briefly? Obviously, I'm sure you give them a lot, but what, what do you encourage them to do as far as going out and forming partnerships or relationships with other complementary but non-competitive businesses? Yep. Um, well, there are probably two answers. Um, one is when somebody first gets going, we have a, um, a, a very good mentoring education program uh, for our dealers. So 
you know, what you said before actually is, is very true. You know, we're not a particularly secretive company. Our, our dealers all want other dealers in this country to be successful. So what they do is they will spend their time. Um, a new dealer might go and travel and spend, um, you know, a couple of days with three or four other dealers around the country to see how they do things. We at the company, we also have a we have a dog watch university that we host three times a year. Dealers and um, actually, it doesn't even have to be the dealer. It could be the dealer. It could be the installer. It could be their trainer or their office person. Whoever wants to uh, come, we'll have dog watch universities, um, you know, three times a year, and everybody's welcome to that. We also host a national dealer meeting uh, once a year, and most dealers will come to that, and uh, that's a great forum for them to learn more about the products. So from getting up and running to be um, experts in the pet containment business, um, we, from a corporate standpoint, will train them. Then once they get into their market, I think more of what you're talking about are forming partnerships with um, you know, trainers and, and groomers and people like that. You know, we encourage them to, you know, go out and, and obviously find out who the best people are in those markets and, and form relationships with them. You know, people like to, like to refer people to good people. So if you're in the pet business, it's a, it's a fairly tight fraternity and um, people can figure out who, who, they want to, who they want to refer with. Mm, okay. And, and so is there a technique? Is there a script? Is there a way that you uh, have your distributors and your dealers approach that trainer or approach that veterinarian? What are the most successful ways that you find that your, your dealers have in forming partnerships? Well, I think, you know, to go back to the beginning, you know, it's, it's very important that our dealers are good at what they do. Nobody wants to refer somebody who isn't, isn't particularly good. So we establish, we try to establish a, a standard of best practices that a dealer will follow. And um, once they sort of are up, up to that and, you know, customers are, are coming back and there's a good customer referral business, um, they'll start working the veterinarian uh, group. That's probably the first, first group that they'll try to, uh, become involved with a lot of you know referrals from existing customers is the number one uh, way our dog watch dealers get new customers. The second is referrals from veterinarians and other pet professionals. So the veterinarian is really a, a, a core place that we go, but it, it's a challenge because one you have uh, employees at a veterinarian office who are, are transitioning. You know somebody at the front desk might be there this week, but they may have another job. Mm-hmm you know, at another time. So there's the, there's a constant relationship building uh, that takes place. Getting to veterinarians, they're very busy, and it's hard to get to them directly. So that becomes more of a challenge to build uh, that relationship. And our successful dealers all find ways, you know, to do that. We have promotional materials that we offer as well, you know, for vets' offices and things, you know, calendars and check writing. You know, we have a, a very nice sort of check writing calendar that sits on the desk where people can come in and they'll see our brand and it reminds the, the people in the office to, um, you know, to recommend us. But it's all, you know, as I say, it's all relationship building. Okay. And so, uh, well, let me ask you this then. You know, somebody that's listening to this right now, a groomer or a trainer or something that doesn't have a relationship with a dog watch distributor or a dog watch dealer, what is the benefit? Because one thing when I'm always consulting with dog business owners and I'm talking about forming partnerships, some people when they're talking about forming a partnership, they just want everyone to refer people to them. But partnerships obviously is a two-way street. What is the incentive 
that uh, dog watch dealer gives to a dog trainer? What is the incentive that an, a dog trainer can get back to the dog watch dealer? How does it work, the, these relationships? You know, I think I think it's all over the map. I think, um, you know, these are very good dealers all form relationships. You know, for instance, in your market, you probably have a group of people that you feel comfortable with referring your clients. We're in the companion pet business. Um, you know, our, our customer is... Uh, you know, Mrs. Smith, who who has you know one or two dogs, uh, lives in basically a you know a, a suburban uh, neighborhood, um, and knows a lot of people around. She may need training, you know, advice as well as just containment. And um, you know, it's good for our dealers to be affiliated with uh, with the people in that market who are really good at, at what they do. I don't think it's a um, you know, I've never, I've never felt that uh, referral fees and you know, gee, if you refer me, I'll, I'll give you a gift certificate or I'll give you a referral fee. I've, I've never found that to be really the answer. I think the answer is that the people want to refer people that they have trust in, you know, that they like. So, I think it's, I think it's a, a relationship. I go back to the best practices. If our dog watch dealer is the best in that market. You know, he's, he, he has a good reputation with his customers. Um, he shows up on time. He's professional in how he presents himself. His materials are good. Uh, he advertises well. He's got a nice program. If he does all of those things and does them well, uh, he can build relationships, you know. You know, you'll get uh, you get a lot of you got to get a lot of good press, but it doesn't take much to get bad press. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, what we try to do is make sure our dealers, you know, do everything right because you don't want bad news traveling around. And I'm sure in your business, um, you know, you uh, you probably have a, a group of people that you really have faith in that gee, I can send Mrs. Jones to to this person, and she is going to be really well taken care of, and that's important. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it is. And thinking back, well, for example, to the relationship I have with your dealer out here in this market, they do offer a referral fee, but I've got to the point where I say, hey, don't worry about that. Let's just kind of exchange referrals. You know, I don't, they're very kind enough to offer a $50 referral fee, but, uh, but you're right. To me, that's not the important thing. The important thing is, is that I know that when I say, okay, you've got a pet containment problem, call these people, that they're going to take care of my client. And so, yeah, in any case, that, that brings up a good point that money is secondary. In fact, I know personally when I first got started in my business, I went around and, and uh, I started contacting veterinarians and I said, hey, if you refer, I'll give you $20. And some people were actually you know, put off by that. You know, They were put off by yeah. the referral fee up front. They said, uh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, but it changes right. the relationship. It does. Yeah, yeah I it think does. it changes the relationship. And, and um, you know, we, we've done uh, referrals where sometimes you know if if um if you buy our system we'll make a, a contribution to the um you know the shelter in your area or something like that 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 to me works a lot better than giving a referral fee to an individual no and that brings up a good point for like i say for those listening out there i always want to apply this because somebody listening might say well i'm not a dog watch dealer how does this apply this applies to everybody. If you're the groomer, be a great groomer, provide value to your clients, and of course, people are going to want to refer you. And so what we're going to do, we're going to go to a quick break here. When we come back, I've got some really great questions for Fred here about branding. Now, if you've ever wondered about branding your business, Fred's company does a great job of doing this, so I want you to stick around and listen to this because it's going to be valuable information for you. So stick with us. We'll be right back in a second.
Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back. And uh, in the last break, we were talking about referrals. And that's one area where Dog Watch... I know, at least from my market, and I assume it's it's in other markets. I know that Dog Watch does a great job, and so I think business owners and in and pet professionals would do well to to look to your company as an example. Provide value, be friendly, get good press. Just you know, give your your customers a good experience, and it makes sense that people would want to refer you. Now, what I wanted to talk about now is I wanted to talk about branding. Now, the reason I did is because a lot of people out there in in all different types of pet professional businesses struggle with branding. They struggle with how to brand, and so initially someone might look at a company like yours and say, well, everyone's selling the same product. How would you brand yourself? But I know you guys do a good job with that, so why don't we talk about that? Do most of your distributors have their own websites? Most of them do. We have sort of two tiers of, um, of branding. We have a, a national program that we do as the corporate office, and uh, you know, be it dogwatch.com or collateral materials or our product identification, or training materials, whatever they are, they have a very distinct look to them. We're an upscale manufacturer. We're not, uh, we're not the cheapest, um, you know, lowest cost product that you will find, but we are the best. And the reason is that we have, you know, a very good feature mix, we have a good distribution channel, and we have very reliable products. And I, I think, you know, branding is sort of interesting. We're, uh, as, a, as a company, it's always changing now because, when we first started this business, you used to go in the yellow pages, and that was how you would advertise. 
and now the yellow pages are starting to you know sort of take a second seat to uh, you know to the web and and mm-hmm. all of that and you can transfer so much more information on the web and, and through the social media but to us branding is um, you know it's not just brand, putting our name out there it's sort of putting the reputation out there it's it's going back to that establishing a standard in our business a dog watch dealer you know they basically uh, they sell the product they sell the product features they're knowledgeable about what our competitors are compared to us they're knowledgeable about installing and the subtleties of installing our products they're knowledgeable about training and how your dog will react and not all dogs are the same so you know they're different you know they're different uh, Correct. Basically, uh, the way our products work, you can you can um, customize the product to work for an individual dog. You might have a timid dog, and that requires one set of parameters. And you might have a you know a more stubborn dog. And then you know following up on that is sort of the customer service at the end. And all of those go into the sort of the branding as we see it. So if you were to kind of prioritize branding. What I picked out of what you just said is a couple things. Number one, your materials look the same. You know, your uh, your website probably looks similar to your business cards and probably looks similar to your T-shirts. And so there's there's kind of a constant there. Just like, you know, if you go anywhere, McDonald's looks the same everywhere you go. And, you know, yep. it, things tend to look the same. And the second right. thing you said is you, your processes are branded. By that, you know, your customer service is always going to be fairly similar in how you deal with a customer or, you know, the way that you install it is going to be customizable, but you're always going to make sure that each individual dog has, you know, the right experience and each individual owner has the right experience. So is that accurate yeah. that your look is branded and then your processes are branded? Exactly. We try to. It's a, it's a constant, you know, it's a constant uh, effort. But uh, I think McDonald's is a great uh, analogy because, you know, you see the golden arches, you know what you're going to get. You know what the service will be like. You know what the food will be like. You know what the cleanliness of the restaurant will be like. You know, all of that goes into that McDonald's brand. And uh, at Dog Watch, you know, that's what we sort of strive to do. And, and uh, McDonald's are franchises, so it's a, a little bit of a different animal. But um, but that's the goal is to try to have your brand be consistent in look and and uh and feel basically and that's you know that's a good point because that now applies to you know the the person that owns that one grooming shop or that one pet sitting business and they say this is all I ever want to own I don't want to own two grooming shops that person with the one individual location still needs to brand because Absolutely. they um even though they're not going to be national like dog watch they want each individual customer to have the same positive experience. And that's really what branding is at the end of the day, that you choose the experience you want your client to have, and then you make sure through the branding that that happens. And I would say from what you mentioned and and from what I know about branding, that that's where it starts, that it starts with how they first perceive your company, the marketing materials, all the way to the whole process, that the way you groom the dog, the way you train the dog, the way that you, you know, your customer service, everything has a brand. The other thing that I wanted to point out that I liked what you said is is you very readily said, we are not the cheapest, we are going to be more expensive, and there's a reason for that. We are the best. That brings up a good point that I'm always, when I'm consulting with dog business owners, I'm always trying to help them do that. Too many people undervalue themselves, and so they try to be the Walmart. They try to be the low-price leader. And uh, if you're the low price leader, you're you're also usually the lowest paid. How are you able to do that? How are you able to charge more money and still be successful? Well, we all of the different aspects of the business go into that. I mean, it's all you know the installation, the training, the customer service on pet containment systems. Um, you know, at Dog Watch, when when you get a Dog Watch system, 
you become a customer for a very long time. You know, the, the uh, people, you know, pets are uh, part of the family. They're an important part of the family. You know, if something, it's an interesting comment. People say, "Gee, I, before I got this product, I didn't realize how it would change my life." And the reason it does is because it's a, it's an unattended control of your dog. In other words, um, you can open the door and your dog can go out. You don't have to be there. The fence is around the property. The dog has his collar on. He knows what his boundaries are. But when that fence, if something happens to that fence, for instance, in, the, in New England and actually out there, you have a lot of snow. If a snowplow hits the wire and breaks it, you mm-hmm. know, and that fence goes down, customer service, you know, that customer wants somebody in to fix that fence right away. And that's what you're paying for. You're paying for, you're paying for a good quality product that's going to work all the time. You're going to, you're paying for a product. In our particular case, we have a feature which is a two-year battery life on the collar. So you're, you know, you're not having added on costs afterwards. But you're, you know, you're paying for that customer service and that dealer to be there when you need them, and for the system to be set up and working correctly from the get-go. So in order to charge higher prices. You need a superior product. You need superior customer service. And then well, one thing I found in my business, because that's when I first started, I think I did the same thing you did where I said, I am not going to be the lowest price. And I, and I think a lot of people starting out, for those that are listening to this that are starting out, I know sometimes they say, okay, I'm going to get my foot in the door by being the lowest price guy and getting business. But what happens, what I found over consulting with dog business owners is that if you are the lowest price, you have the lowest perceived value and it takes the same amount of effort to sell a fence for X amount of dollars as it does to sell a fence for X amount plus $500, I'm sure. The effort's the same. And so if you're going to put in the same effort, you might as well charge the higher price. And and it sounds like you guys build more value in. It's not just, okay, here's your fence and, and thanks for being our client. It's here's your fence and... Five years from now, let us know if there's a break in your fence. Or right. 10 years from now, let us know if your dog is having a problem staying within the fence. And so that's exactly. where you guys build your value and, and higher value comes higher dollars, right? Right, right. I mean, all of our uh, all of our dealers are independent business people. They all own their own businesses. And, um, you know, their reputation is on servicing the customer. And, uh, you know, there are do-it-yourself type products like this that you could go to Home Depot and, and purchase. But... The problem is that, one, it's not easy to put them in. It's not easy to understand the training. So the success rates on those type products are, are uh, much lower. And, um, you know, when something goes wrong, where do you go? You go back to Home Depot and, you um, you know, you go to the customer service desk and return the product or whatever. But there's nobody yeah. there really to have the value added that can walk you through whatever your problem is. Right. And, and from personal experience, I see that all the time in my business, you know, where we'll go to a client's house and they're like, oh, those fences don't work. We put one in and we put the dog out in the yard and he ran right through it. And I said, well, did you have a dealer come in and show you how to train? Oh, no, we, we did it ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah, I've seen that many times. And so, yeah, the reason I'm highlighting this is because I want to, again, I talk with a whole bunch of people on my radio show from a, from a different variety and different businesses. And I always want to extrapolate the information and apply it to the individual business owner that's listening to this show. You've got to provide more value. If you are the low price leader in your neighborhood, stop it. Stop being the low price leader. Start right. being the high value guy that gets more money per transaction and then makes a better living. You know, um, absolutely. The only but way you to have be to create the- that value. Yep. 
you know, they they have to create that value. They can't just, you know, offer the same old service if they're the low price guy and say, okay, well now I'm just going to raise my price. They have to they have to build that value into their offer. So when they go to the person, you know, the person feels comfortable that, oh, yeah, I I see why I'm paying this amount of money. And one thing I like that you guys do, which is something I do in my business as well, is that you build value with things that aren't going to break your, you know, aren't going to kill you. You guys build value with customer service. Now, that's one thing I offer in my business. You know, hey, uh, if we train this dog, you can keep coming back for the life of the dog. Now, that right there helps somebody feel so comfortable about choosing my training program or your fence. But the reality is they might need it once or twice throughout the life of the dog. And maybe never. You know, some people are going to need a bunch of help later on, but some people might not really ever need any help. And so you're able to charge the higher price by offering the higher customer service, but it doesn't kill you to do it. Am I accurate? Is, is that the same in your yep. business? It- Absolutely. Absolutely. We offer a lifetime warranty on our product. So um, if anybody ever has a, um, you know, a collar that um, stops working, they send it back and they get a new one. And on the transmitter as well, there's a lifetime warranty if there's ever damaged. So, you know, we find that, uh, you know, it's actually a, it's a great warranty, you know, because we do get people who send us things back, you know, 10 years later or, or whatever. You know, they've gotten certainly a, a, a good life out of that particular product. But on the flip side of that, you know, they're a good customer. They've been with us for 10 years. We're happy to send them another another product. And at the end of the day, they'll tell three of their friends to you know, gee, I sent this back from uh, to Dog Watch, and Dog Watch sent me a new one. And gosh, I didn't have any hassles. It, it came in, you know, it came mm-hmm. to me, and uh, and the referral business just grows off of that. Right, and I'm sure you guys get tons of referrals, and you have no idea where they came from because it was that ten year old client that happened to say, "Man, Dog Watch took care of me," and and so. Now, uh, we've only got a couple minutes left, but uh, one thing that you also mentioned that I want to ask you a little bit more in depth about is you talked about using social media. Now, this is, uh, this is a big thing that a lot of people are wanting to get into now and a big thing that I teach my clients how to use. What do you guys use for social media? How do you guys implement that into your businesses? Well, we're just getting started, to be honest with you. You know, the web has been the, uh, you know, our window to the world and has replaced a lot of the traditional advertising that we used to do before. And I, you know, I can't stress enough, I mean, how important that, you know, having good websites and, um, you know, having somebody help you who understands websites and, and search engine optimization and, you know, how to get your name out and people to find you on the web. Social media is a whole other world. I noticed actually on your website, you do a lot of it. And um, it's almost like an electronic, a modern day public relations. It's an avenue to get the buzz going, to get people talking about you, be it, you know, Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or blogs. And, and just to get conversation going, you know, hopefully it's all positive. But, you know, even if, you know, somebody comes out and says, gee, you know, I wasn't happy with this, it's an opportunity to turn that around. You can go into the social media, you can, you know, make a comment of maybe why that happened, or you can contact that person and, and make it right. But social media, is, it's a fascinating world right now, I think, with, with, uh, with web and social media. And so what do you, do you guys use Facebook? Do you use Twitter? Uh, what are you guys using in your business? Well, we're just starting. We just, um, as I said, we're just changing our website to use Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube, and uh, and various blogs. Okay, excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, one thing I have found is, is you're right. You know, it is like a big uh, public relations machine. 
because you can get your message out there in front of people in a way that's not advertising. You know, people are very resistant to advertising, but they're very, you know, open to social media. And one thing I've found, you know, is, is I provide just a lot of cool stuff, and every now and then there might be a little ad, you know, quote unquote ad. But for the most yep. part, it's just, you know, I found it's a way to really interact with my clients and my potential clients in a way that's non-threatening, in a way that turns my company from a stale institution into a into a, a company that's run by actual people that are just like them, you know, dog lovers, people that love their dogs and want to play with their dogs and work with their dogs and train their dogs and and people get to see the human side of a business through social media I found. So, any case, well Fred, I just I want to say a huge thank you. You've given us some great ideas today on on forming partnerships, on branding, on social media. You've given us a ton of great ideas and so before we close, if somebody wants to become a dealer, if somebody wants to form a relationship with one of your dealers, how can they get in touch with you guys? Where are they going to find you? Well, the best place to find us is at dogwatch.com, and we have a dealer locator section, and to just put in your zip code or go to the, the state section and find the dealer nearest you. And the best thing is to pick up the phone, call them up, you know, tell them that, uh, you know, you're in the pet business and would like to form a, uh, you know, a relationship with them. And uh, I'm sure that they would be welcomed, you know, with open arms. So dogwatch.com or... You know, even the local deal, all the local dealers, most of them have websites as well, and that's on the dealer locator as well. Okay. Well, excellent. So, dogwatch.com. Thank you so much, Mr. King. Appreciate having you on the show. And yeah, hopefully, this has been a big help for you guys listening at home, learning different ways that you can manage, promote, and just grow your business. So, thanks so much for being on the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Now, for those of you listening at home, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, just email me at ty at petliferadio.com or visit my website at sixfiguredogbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.